Hello, this is Brian McLean, and welcome to Our Story with God, episode 24, Jesus as the Lawgiver. Now, we're going to leave a little bit of our discussion about the names that Jesus carried and called himself by, and we're going to look at some of his attributes, specifically taking a look at how these mirror some of the things that we've already learned from the Old Testament. Now, here in the United States, in a little less than a month, we will be celebrating our country's birthday, Independence Day, July 4th. Uh, it's a big celebration. Uh, everybody, well, most people, uh, working regular shift jobs get the day off. Uh, it's a government holiday. We shoot fireworks. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. And of course, being a summer holiday, everyone likes to get outside and enjoy the weather. Uh, and a lot of people uh, like to comment on it's a free country. Now, when I was growing up, uh, there were cases when a kid in our class would say something outrageous. Uh, he was trying to get you know some attention by being shocking or whatever, and say, "What? It's a free country." Uh, you ever heard anybody say that? Maybe you've said it yourself. Um, uh, it made me kind of curious. Uh, we just got back from a road trip, and if you were to go to a different state or a different country. Are you always sure of what the rules are there? What are the laws where you're going? I remember the first time we went on a road trip after my daughter was old enough to ride in the front seat of our car here in our home state. We drove across into another state where she had to be 12 years old to sit in the front seat. And that was news to me. I did not know that. So when I found that out, I realized we had to stop the car right before we got to the state line and she had to jump into the back seat because she couldn't sit in the front anymore. Uh, so I came to realization as we traveled to different countries, uh, can I still say, can I still make the assertion, well, I can do this because it's a free country. Well, not always because I didn't know the rules. So that got me thinking a little bit about who makes the rules. Now, when Jesus first came to earth, uh, the Jewish people were, by and large, controlled by two sets of laws. The first one was the law that was around them at the time that was handed down by Rome. Rome was the controlling power in the world, and they're the ones who dictated how people should live. And it was according to what Caesar had said and what the Roman Senate had said and what the local soldiers and politicians who were in charge had said. Everything was done according to Roman law. And the second set of law was religious law that was specific to the Jewish people. Now, Moses had handed down uh, the, the law from God at Mount Sinai to the Jewish people. But over time, there was additional uh, regulations and rules uh, that groups such as the Pharisees had, had passed down, had created. Um, to the point where there were literally hundreds of these regulations that had been sort of invented from the original set of rules from Mount Sinai. Uh, and so the people in Jesus's time were subject to these two sets of laws, the civil law of Rome and the religious law, both of God and uh, as well as from the religious authorities who were kind of making things up as they went along. Now, as Jesus uh, was born and raised, he was raised to follow these laws. Um, he was obviously 
you, you read about the, the, the little that we know about his childhood, uh, his parents took him to the temple. They were observing the laws. He was dedicated. All of these things were according to Jewish law. And so Jesus was clearly raised to follow the law. Well, as he became more popular and his ministry started to spread, there were a lot of people, apparently, who were curious about his take on the law. See, the religious elite thought that anybody who didn't follow their regulations was a sinner. And obviously, a sinner couldn't be the Messiah. If he's breaking the laws, he can't obviously you know, be anything better than they are because the Pharisees prided themselves on being the best rule followers. And the people around him may have thought Jesus was the one who was going to overthrow Roman authority, perhaps by defying their laws. So a lot of people were interested to see how is Jesus going to respond to questions about these two laws. Well, Jesus was not interested in playing other people's games. In his first major recorded message, the Sermon on the Mount, he clearly established his position on uh, Mosaic law by saying, do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is completed. Matthew 5, 17 through 18. But he immediately begins to interpret scripture in a way his listeners had likely never heard. Six times he says what the law says, he repeats it, but then takes it a step further. The words, you have heard, followed by, but I say, were revolutionary. Nobody was saying these things. And he begins to make the law a matter of the heart rather than of activity or action. And so now the law against murder is instead about anger. Adultery is now about lust. It's not about the actual action. It's a matter of the heart. Love is now required for enemies. Divorce and oaths and retaliation are rejected. Uh, and so Jesus obviously was doing things a little differently than everybody else. And then the Pharisees show up and they want to know where this new rabbi stands on what issues mattered to them. And so they had kind of created their own rules and Jesus calls them out as hypocrites. And this, combined with his growing popularity, uh, really gains their hatred. And so they decide, okay, well, let's try to trap him. And they first say, okay, well, he must be uneducated. Uh, let's try to trip him up in matters of the law. And so they interrupt his teaching in the temple to drag in this woman who had been caught in adultery. And they ask him, should she be stoned? And they say, well, if he says yes, he'll lose popularity. If they say no, we can prove that he's not following the law. Jesus replies, let him who is without sin among you be the first to cast a stone at her, John 8, 7. So that didn't work. Second, they try to either get him in trouble with the Roman authorities or reduce his popularity with the people by asking him if it's okay to give tribute to Caesar. And he replies to that famous line, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Uh, and these things are obviously completely turning on their ear the traps that the Pharisees have set. So Jesus, uh, he's not attempting to get rid of any of God's laws. 
He is, however, definitely shaking up the order of things because of what following Mosaic law had become. So this man who had created a whip to overturn the money changers' tables at the temple is also the one who says that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. These are the greatest commandments. He is very clearly interested in righteousness, not in rule following. He told his followers, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And immediately after telling them this new commandment was, you shall love one another, John 13, 34. So only God has the authority to create moral law. Moses received the instructions uh, from God as they left Egypt. Jesus was not interested in allowing a corruption of that law uh, at the altar of, you know, being you know, morally better than other people and, and establishing uh, these new regulations uh, that were not based on God's rules. Uh, so it's now not a free country. This is God's kingdom. So I guess you could say it's a free kingdom. So study the word, read Matthew 6, read about what Jesus says about giving, praying, fasting, and handling uh, possessions. Notice these are all personal activities. Uh, and think about it for a little bit. Do you tend to think about laws coming from government instead of God? And do you think more people respect civil laws or God's laws? So something fun to think about. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Tune in next week. We'll talk about Jesus as the teacher. Thank you so much.